Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. How fired up are you for Sunday? How fired up were you last night? The NFL is back. So it's all good. And if the NFL is back, so is the GOAT. The GOAT, the guy that you've counted out time and time again, was back on the field last night and in total control of that game last night. My man was putting on an absolute clinic, playing at the highest level, absolutely dominating fools. When this guy steps on the field, you know exactly what's going to happen. It's a foregone conclusion. Nobody should be surprised. Nobody should be shocked. Of course, I'm talking about Vita Vea. Who else did you think that I'd be talking about? Did you not see this guy? Because if you didn't, do yourself a favor and watch that game again and just focus on number 50 in the middle for the Bucs. This dude is an absolute freak of nature. In a league of athletic freaks, he is an outlier. One of one. So post up in your man cave or wherever you watch ball. Put that game back up and just watch the big man go to work. Because there is nothing like it. Because there is nobody like him. Because he was just bullying The Cowboys on the inside, ragdolling fools, bull rushing them, treating grown ass men like children. This was Vita Vea's approach last night. Put a hand in the dirt, put a dude on skates, repeat 50 more times. And I do mean a hand because I'm not sure there's anything scarier in the NFL than a guy who was listed at 6'4" and maybe a burger short of 350 showing up to play with bare hands. No gloves, no braces, no tape, nothing. Bare hands and just mauling and embarrassing and humiliating guys. Again, like a grown-ass man throwing around and abusing a bunch of high schoolers. And when he's not bullying guys on defense, he is trucking fools on offense and enabling his team to pick up key first downs. Put the nose tackle in Bay at fullback, and he helps lead the way for Fortnite, who keeps those legs moving. And he's able to pick up the first down. You called it out, Vita Vea. Watch this. This is stymied, but when Vita Vea hits the pile, the Dallas defender goes immediately backwards. And that's how the first down was picked up. Generally, that is what happens. When a train hits a person, the person goes backwards. Hey, remember, trains can't stop. The most predictable thing in sports was the Bucks picking up that first down in the fourth quarter. No way that was not happening with that big man leading the way. Next time, if you really want to get nice, find somebody to block for him. Let the big dude tote the rock himself. And if the Bucks picking up that first down was the most predictable thing ever, then the second most predictable thing ever was Tom Brady showing up the way he did. I know, I know. He's older than dirt. And he has turned into maybe the most cringy dude on the planet with his heavily crafted social media cheese. And now you can't go a single commercial break without seeing this dude. But you got to tip your hat, right? 
You don't have to like that guy, but you have to respect that guy showing up at 44 years old and passing for 379 yards and four TDs in the season opener. Like, I've said it before, I'll say it again right now. Tom Brady is done when Tom Brady says he's done and not a moment before that. Because it wasn't just that he threw for nearly four bills last night. It's that he threw 50 times. And yes, a couple of those throws were chucked into the sideline at the end of waste time. But that arm, man, that guy's arm is still good. Damn good. Really, really good. In fact, I'm not sure that old man has ever looked better than he looks right now. Like, I am blown away. This dude at 44 has lost nothing. Nothing. I mean, this dude is nice. How nice? Like, I'm thinking of giving up nightshades and having some avocado ice cream. Myself, nice. How can I or anybody else ever clown this guy's act or lifestyle or diet or training or nutrition ever again when he's doing what he's doing at 44? (laughs) Now, I'm not saying that he's not cringy as hell because he is. I'm not saying I didn't like this guy a hell of a lot more before he opened his mouth and figured out how to use his phone. Because I did. Because this particular version is corny and boring as hell. And not nearly as interesting or as cool or as funny as he seems to think he is. And his complaints about jersey numbers are still the dumbest thing ever. I mean, did dude really look like he was having any trouble identifying Leonard Fournette wearing number seven last night? Stupid rule. Yeah, no, I don't think. I don't think. And yes, you've got announcers fawning all over this guy all day, every day. And that's almost as tedious as the cringy dude himself. I mean, I kept waiting for Jim in Fall River to finally make his triumphant return last night and demand, for the love of God, will you networks please curtail the amount of extreme close-ups on one Thomas Brady? And then chase that by saying that he's tired of the announcers remarking about the intense stare of Tommy. Tommy in a zone of concentration. Tommy with the eyes of a competitor. No, no, no. Works. Please curtail the amount of extreme close-ups on one Andrew Pettit. I watched the playoffs last year. It's like every time this guy started, the camera crew shot the game like it's some kind of David Lynch movie with the camera zoomed four inches from Pettit's nostrils. It's like 36 times in a seven-inning span you hear the announcer remark on the intense stare of Andy. Andy in his zone of concentration. Andy with the eyes of a competitor. No, no, no. Let me help the, the, help the novice baseball fan that only tunes in for the playoffs, okay? Andy Pettit pitches with his mouth agape, and he has the eyes of a goat. Okay, I, I give him credit. He's a mean lefty. He's got a wicked sinker. But just because he glares at Posada like he's trying to burn a hole through Jorge's eyebrows with his mind doesn't necessarily mean he's any more focused than the other eight a-holes wearing pinstripes on the field. Find me a better call to a radio program <laughs> ever. And again, Alvin, I know I've asked you this a million times. Tell me again what year that guy made that call. 2002 that call was made virtually 20 years ago and holds up as well as any call that I could take today no no folks though however back to Brady just seem to completely lose their mind for the old man no matter what he does and it happens time and time again here's the snap to Brady they send a safety blitz gets about a caught ball touchdown Tampa Bay Gronkowski again 
fire the cannons. I mean, let's face it. It's a nice adjustment by a couple of guys who played together for like 50 years, right? They know each other. Let's not sleep on the fact also that that was a pretty terrible play call by the Cowboys. I mean, let's rush everybody and have Demarcus Lawrence try to cover Rob Gronkowski in the red zone. Yeah, good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Again, great adjustment by Brady and Gronk. Let's not act like they just reinvented the game right there. It was a good adjustment to a terrible look from Dallas. (laughs) The crazy thing about... What Brady is doing, though, was not that play. And it was not the other three TD passes. It was the fact that when he took the field, trailing with 124 left in the game, everybody knew that game was over. You knew Brady had too much time. You knew even with one timeout, he was just going to walk right down that field and win that game. It's a fact. Like, that's who that guy is. That's what he does. It's just a matter of who he does it with. Because dude still has a bleep ton of weapons. And he uses every last one of them. He did it with a pass to to Gio Bernard. He did it with a couple of passes to Rob Gronkowski. And then, of course, he went back to Chris Godwin. Brady looking that way and fires that way. And it's going to be caught in this Godwin making the catch. And to the 18-yard line he goes. Was there a push or not? Certainly got knocked to the ground. Yeah, I'm not going to say there was a push off there. I'm not going to say that because I don't have to. That was one of the most obvious things ever. My guy, Nikel Roby Coleman, couldn't believe that they didn't call P.I. there. And I know they don't want to call offensive pass interference there. But that's pretty funny given that the refs could not get involved enough in that game for the first 59 minutes. But then suddenly vanish on that play. So, if you're a Tom Brady hater, how pissed were you seeing that? Why don't you throw a flag? Why does this guy always get away with that crap? And then you'd probably just go full-blown Nancy Kerrigan with it. Why? Why? Why does he always get away with that crap? Why? Why? Same reason everybody does anything, because they can. Why? Why, Nance? Because Tanya knew she couldn't beat you, so she had some big fat goon bang you on the knee with a pipe. That's why. Why, 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 why does Tommy get away with that? Because he can, because he does. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why it didn't get called. Because it doesn't get called there. And if you want to say that that's because the refs favor Brady, you go right ahead. There's no way I'm going to talk you off that point. But you know I'm right. Just like you knew there was no way that cringy TB44 was not going to win that game. There was no way that he was not going to get them into position to win it with a TD or a field goal. That was the only question. Was it going to be a TD or a field goal? And here is your answer. Good snap. The spot. Here's the kick by Suckup. Is it good? It is take the lead at 31-29 with two seconds left. How about them Buccaneers defending the Super Bowl championship? So if you're one of those folks who's sick of hearing about Tom Brady, sick of seeing him on TV and social media, sick that he's now showing up in all these new commercials, then I would imagine last night was pretty much a puke fest for you. 
my best advice, rehydrate, get some food, get some recovery jammies, get some rest, and get ready to keep puking all year long because this dude's lost nothing. And he and the Bucks aren't going anywhere. Don't believe me? Tampa Bay had four turnovers, and they still won that game. And I know the secondary looked a little shaky after Sean Murphy Bunning went out, but it'll get better. The Bucks are going to keep getting better. You know, to use the famous line from Brady, we've got a few things to clean up. And, you know, Brady is just going to continue to lock in, dial in, and make everybody around him better. I know a lot of you are waiting for this guy to fall right off a cliff or get his comeuppance. Father time is undefeated. And that those things are going to happen to this guy, I think, at some point. Just not yet. Not yet. If you were waiting for him to show up last night as that proverbial shot fighter who can no longer pull the trigger, that didn't happen, man. That guy looked great. I know a lot of you were waiting for that day when he shows up with that noodle arm like Pinky and gets blasted repeatedly by opposing pass rushers like he can't get it out, like he's got no arm. You're going to have to wait a little longer. In fact, it looks like, based on last night, you're going to have to wait at least another year. Because if last night was any indication, Thomas, Edward, Patrick, Brady, Jr. is doing just fine. Good luck with that, NFC. Hope you've got enough DBs to cover Tom's guys. Who cares if you can't run the ball even when A.B. is your third receiver? Mr. Big Chest. Get used to those cannons firing early and often. My short list of guarantees in life. Death, taxes, Brady, down by one with 124 left in the game. <laughs> Fire the cannons! So let's take a moment to talk about WinBet, the latest and greatest sports betting app on the market. The same five-star hotel service that you know and love is now in the digital betting space, providing an elite sports book and digital casino app. Whether you're playing money lines, totals, props, futures, boosted parlays, or even live betting, WinBet has you covered. Are you looking for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, MMA, boxing, tennis, golf, and more? It's all right there in your WinBet app. Listing in Michigan or New Jersey, try your hand inside WinBet's digital casino. All your favorite games from the casino floor are now in the palm of your hand. WinBet is also fully integrated with Win Rewards. That means by playing WinBet, bet you can accrue points to earn free credit in app and comp dollars towards perks at win resorts discounted hotel stays priority and entertainment free merch it really is the finest loyalty program in the industry call it a win win whether playing from your phone or your computer, you've absolutely got to sign up for the WinBet app. Whether playing from your phone or your computer, you've absolutely got to sign up for WinBet ASAP. Bet with the best. Get into the game. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You've got to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Jonathan Jones. Jonathan, what's going on? How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Happy that we are back in football season. God, right? Best thing ever. All right, so the season did kick off last night. Dallas at Tampa Bay. A lot to talk about, Jonathan, coming out of that game. But why don't we start with the obvious spot, Tom Brady. I'm not surprised that the guy's still playing at this level at 44. But, I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say that I'm not surprised that he's playing at this level at age 44. What do you make of what you saw from him last night? 
Yeah, it, it is it is ridiculous, and it's not all at the same time because we were there in Tampa last season and in and, 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 and the Super Bowl, and so we saw it, and so now it's not ridiculous. But I watched him last night, and, you know, I spoke with Steve DeBerg, the, the former quarterback whose record uh, as the oldest quarterback to ever play in a game and start in a game Tom Brady is going to ultimately break. I spoke with him a couple of years ago, and he thought that Tom would be able to do it when a lot of people didn't think that Tom would make it to this age and be playing at this level. And I thought to myself, watching, why won't Tom Brady do this at 47? Why won't he do it at 48? When is enough going to be enough for Tom Brady? Because when we saw with about, what, a minute and a half left in the game, we knew that he was going to go down the field. Did we know that there was going to be a slight push off by Chris Godwin uh, and that the refs wouldn't throw the flag? Well, if we look at, at history from the past season of the NFL, refs are not throwing OPIs out there. So I'm not surprised that flag wasn't thrown, but there's nothing else you can really say about Tom Brady. The superlatives are, are used up. It's just, you knew it was going to happen. I think everyone there knew it was going to happen, and then, of course, it happened. Agreed. Jonathan Jones joining us. I'm going to follow up and go back to that point about the referees in a minute. I do want to ask you about one more guy. I mean, as great as Brady was, the dude who stole the show for me was Vita Vea. How much fun is it to watch this guy work on the interior? Man, I mean, just pushing that center into the lap of Dak Prescott, who had a fantastic game, right, and who should be on a very short list, early short list for NFL MVP. But he was doing it uh, from the nose and from the five technique. He was doing it all across the defensive line. And, you know, that he is the reason, he and Ndamukong Sue are the reason that, uh, you know, Zeke Elliott only rushed the ball 11 times. And up until that 13-yard carry, he re- you take that away, he had 10 carries for 20 yards. I mean, he was doing it in – uh, the, the pass rush game as well as, of course, in the run-stopping game. Just an incredible force there. Not just the guy who takes up blocks, but really does affect plays and gets back into the quarterback's lap. Jonathan Jones joining me once again. So what about Dak? I mean, he got off to kind of a slow start, but then he got rolling. How do you explain a guy in his first game in nearly a year, coming off the surgery and the injury that he had, missing all of the preseason, and just showing up on that big stage against that defense and putting up the numbers he did last night? Well, there's no tangible evidence. I thought about this last night because I had said before the game, I don't have any evidence that Dak Prescott is going to have the sort of game that he wound up having when you consider the injury that he had and uh, sort of the the weirdness and the gray cloud around the team and how he didn't uh, participate in competitive periods for a month. Uh, And then obviously he's coming off the foot and ankle. But then you take into account the intangibles and the drive that he has and the desire and passion to be great that I think we throw it around a lot in sports, and really we apply it to a lot of dudes who maybe it shouldn't be applied to if we're talking about football, but it has to be applied to Dak, and that is the difference with him. And we saw last season with Kellen Moore uh, there as offensive coordinator how he was throwing the ball all over the yard and on pace to have a 5,000-yard season. Well, now, I mean, my goodness, with the 17th game and the way that he's, he's throwing the football, he's going to break Peyton Manning's record somewhere around Thanksgiving, it seems. But it's not sustainable when you consider the zip on the, fo- on the ball, or rather the lack of zip that Dak had last night. He was getting it done, there's no question, very similarly to Peyton in his uh, you know, second stint with the Broncos. But you didn't see that 100% zip, and you didn't see him planting that back foot when he was throwing uh, either. It was sort of up in the air, so... Can he sustain this level with those deficiencies? Because he was not at 100%. 
And that was okay because they could have won the game without Dak at 100%. And he was still playing at a high level. But it does concern me uh, for a full season how that's going to turn out. Jonathan Jones joining us. All right, so quickly about the penalties. There were 19 in last night's game. And I'm sure the Cowboy fans could argue there was an offensive PI that would have made it 20. You've got a piece up right now on CBSSports.com about the officiating. What is the league's approach to calling penalties this year? Well, we saw last season that holding penalties, offensive holding penalties, were dramatically uh, decreased from previous years. And that was, of course, because the league wanted to keep the game rolling and also see a whole bunch of points. Well, we saw that last year. Game time decreased, and we saw the points increase to the most uh, offensive points ever scored in an NFL season. That's going to continue. The lack of holding calls will continue, even though we saw some last night. What is also going to continue is the high number of defensive pass interference penalties that we saw called last season. This is an offensive league. We all understand that. But the league does want to get better at officiating OPI. And listen, you know, when that happened last night, I thought, well, you know, according to what the league's been saying, that might be a flag, but maybe he didn't fully extend the arm. You can expect those things to continue happening, the offensive holding calls being decreased, the DPIs being increased, and they would like to see a couple more OPIs, but they had the chance last night, and they swallowed the flag. Man, it was tedious, though. Even even saying what you just said, it was tedious. There were so it many flags. I mean, talk about interrupting the flow. However, now yeah. you said something else, Jonathan, that I want to agree with, that the Browns have the best roster in the league top to bottom. So what are you looking to see from them against Kansas City on Sunday, and how big of an opportunity is that for Cleveland? Well, it's a huge opportunity for Cleveland, and I do think that the Browns, top to bottom, do have the best roster in the NFL. You know, any team can have a starter go down, but what is your depth looking like? And I think that Andrew Barry and his front office staff have done an incredible job at assembling this team. Unfortunately for them, they're playing against a guy in Patrick Mahomes who's never lost in the month of September. They're playing against the head coach in Andy Reid, who's really, really good in the month of September. They're with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I just love the way that the Cleveland Browns went into this offseason and they said, you know what, we absolutely have to get better rushing the passer. So they went out and they're took a, taking a gamble on Jadavian Clowney. There's no question about it. But they got John Johnson at safety and they drafted Greg Newsom and they drafted Jeremiah Wusu koromoa there at linebacker. They got better and they strengthened their strengths. And so if this game were week seven and they gotten into a little bit more of a flow, I think this is a coin toss. But when you talk about the defending, the two-time defending AFC champs, and you're talking about, about a Browns team that I think can absolutely be playing for the AFC title game in late January, but maybe just not there right yet. I think the Chiefs absolutely have the edge, but I think these two teams are going to see each other just like they did in the playoffs last season. Jonathan Jones joining me for a few more moments. Then maybe you might make a similar argument about the Buffalo Bills. In fact, you made a very interesting point, I thought, on the Pick 6 podcast earlier this week with regards to Josh Allen specifically. When you see the leap that he made last year, the kind of leap that we really have never seen before, is it a certainty that he sustains that at that same level, or could you see some regression? It's hard to imagine that it's going to be at the same level as he was last year just because we'd never seen what he just did uh, the, the year before. And it's similar to, you know, a lot of folks are expecting a slight regression for Justin Herbert. And we have the term for it, the sophomore slump in the NFL. But we never had the third-year quantum leap like we just saw with Josh Allen, with, the, uh, with his accuracy and everything involved with that. So 
can he maintain that level? I think that he's going to stay in that range. I don't think we're going back to Wyoming Josh Allen, who's going to turn the football over a lot and pass and complete 51% of his passes. Those days are over. He is an elite quarterback in this league, and he just got paid like one. But should we anticipate week in and week out that he is going to play at an NFL MVP level? I just I don't know. I'm not there yet. And maybe that's some of my own personal bias coming back from the pre-draft period when I didn't think that he was worth the pick that the Buffalo Bills spent on him, and now here he is showing just how wrong I and so many others were. I think that he is primed for success, and the Bills can absolutely be that team facing the Chiefs or the Cleveland Browns there on January 30th for the AFC title game. I just don't know if he's going to be runner-up to MVP or MVP this season, and that's still okay because of how great the Buffalo Bills are. All right, so quickly, what about here in Southern California? I know you picked the Rams to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Lay that out for me. What made you pick them, and then what concerns do you have about them and their roster? Well, I I hated the pick, and I loved the pick. And and what I love about them is what I hate about them. And and it's really, they just can't suffer any injuries. I love their, their starting 22. I love Matt Stafford and the union that he has, of course, with Sean McVay. I was out there uh, back in August and saw the connection that he had with Van Jefferson that was already starting into Sean Jackson. You're concerned about the running game. Of course you are, but you love the offensive line. They just don't really have that much depth. They can't sustain really any sort of injury, and not a lot of Super Bowl teams can necessarily, but I do love the meat grinder of the season that they're going to go through in the toughest division in football playing in Seattle and playing against the San Francisco team where you don't really know what they're going to bring with Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance by the time they see them on both occasions. And I'm not too concerned about the Arizona Cardinals, but I really, really like this Rams team. And I think whether it's the Rams or the Seahawks or the 49ers, I think that the NFC representative, all due respect to Tom Brady, I think that the NFC representative in Super Bowl 56 will hail from the NFC West. I'm with you. I love the Rams, but I'm concerned about their depth. But I love the talent that they have and what they put together there. Jonathan Jones joining us on the program. He is a good friend of the show. You can watch him all over the CBS platforms. Jonathan, great to have you back. Thank you very much. Appreciate you, Jim. So, clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef. Pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously. You can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? CJ in the Bay. CJ, what's going on? (laughs) Mr. Rome, first off, you are a legend. I've been with you since 1994, and that will not change. But my every second of every show dedication has faded a bit. That is true. 
life comes fast. So it's not you, it's me. But I just wanted to clear the air about the whole butthurt quitter narrative. The root of my email stemmed from the Dodgers Padres open to the show on consecutive days. I was trying to get in via email and Tom clearly did not deem my emails worthy of airtime. They were worthy. And that was a second place battle. So yes, I was butthurt. But the whole Dodger gym thing, I was only half kidding, but I feel like you do have a tiny sliver of love remaining in your heart for the Dodgers being a SoCal guy. But I've been wrong before. So since you say that is not true, then I am off it for good, and I hope you can accept my apologies for the misrepresentation. But that perceived sliver of love I mistakenly detected, I believe is loyalty. It's like your relationship with Silk. You know, this dude is out there on the jungle playing field, flopping around like two holes trying to leg out a double. The bro needs support. How often is the comparison now between him and that plumber idiot Matt? Those guys pilot the clown car, but Tansmack is a loyal guy. And that is honorable. That being said, to the other proverbial lightweight who weighs in obese, that fat kid Wells, he's a self-labeled alcohol aficionado. You look like a bloated hipster with alcoholic hepatitis. You're the male version of Portland woman, Seattle man. War, Huntington Beach posting their employee salaries online. Times are tough. Bruh, I got the pay stubs. Quitters like us, babe. You know what? Go ahead and rack him. That's fine. That works. Ernesto. Ernesto, what's going on? Hey, Jambo. Man, I'm telling you, original four affiliate here in Albuquerque. Uh, It seems like almost 30 years. You were talking about loyalty earlier, and I had to break off a call. I mean, remember rounding third and drug tests and huge facts of the day and the blowtorch in Houston? Uh, what about Rachel and Quinn the car fixer in Green Bay? And if you clones have never heard Terrence, you guys are missing out. Terrence from Sierra Madre was my one of my favorite callers. But Jim, you know, 25 years ago, you but might not even have known the difference between a gelding and a stud and a mare. But now, look at you, successful equestrianite. Uh, living in Orange County, uh, how about that Laguna del Mar, huh, and that Newport Beach? It's just beautiful out there. And you have Jano and the kids and your boys going to Madison, and I'm so proud of you, Jim. And I just wanted – we're still with you. It's been a long, long road. We've been friends a long time, Jim, and thank you. Hey, you want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back that you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. Now, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations do apply. Buddha Baker is my guest. Buddha, it's great to have you on. How are you? Hey, Jim. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Dude, so good. So good. And it's great to have you back. I appreciate it. So, Buddha, if the fans are losing their minds over the start of the NFL season and the weekend, how fired up are you as a player right now? And how eager are you to get back on the football field and play some meaningful games once again and do so in front of the fans? Yeah, exactly like you said. I'm so eager, you know. Um, just watching last night's game just got me even more excited. Um, having the fans back is going to be 
so great. Um, I'm excited, and I can't wait to you know head out to Tennessee. Yeah, I mentioned some of the numbers at the top, Buddha, but you were the top safety as well in NFL Network's top 100 players. I know you're not focused on that, but what's it mean to you to know that you have earned that kind of respect from people around the league? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely cool for me, you know, especially from guys across the league who who play the same position as me and who think highly of me. It's definitely a blessing and for me I just take it one day at a time, one year at a time, one week at a time in a sense. So last year was was, you know, fine and dandy and it was great, but I'm just trying to get better as a, as a teammate um, to make this whole team better, and you know, ultimately get to that get to that final playoff and all that type of stuff that it, all the good things happen. You know, so right now that was all cool. It was a, it was a blessing to see that. It was cool and. I'm just excited for this year and uh, to get ready for the Tennessee Titans. We're talking to Buda Baker. You mentioned that you're just trying to get better as a teammate, and I know what you mean by that. You're talking about leadership, and we'll get there in a minute. But in terms of the offseason, I loved what you said about your mentality. You said it's always, quote, me versus me. What are the things that you worked on in the offseason? And when you're kind of in that, that mental war with yourself and that physical war with yourself, how does that play out over the course in any day, me versus me? What's that look like and feel like? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like I say, um, you know, for me, I I take it apart as everything. Everything's not just football. When I talk about me versus me, I'm talking about me versus, you know, on the football field, off the football field, towards my family, towards my friends, um, towards my, to, to my, you know, pregnant girlfriend. Me versus me is just trying to be the best version of me through all of those things, all of those subjects each and every day. And, you know, of course, right after the season, you get your rest, you hang out with your family and, you know, have great times with them. But then it's get, getting back to work, um, whether it's, you know, riding a bike or eating right, eating healthier, um, all those little intricate things that, you know, kind of people take for granted. And I don't take for granted. And I just try to get better at all those things. So um, that definitely helps me out and re- rejuvenates me to get ready for each season, each and every year. Dude, I love that answer so much. Hey, let me ask you something. Does this sound like you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. What that means is no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. It's brilliant. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Let me ask you this. When you're thinking about all these things, Buddha, like you want to be great at everything, I have to think that so much has to do with being present, right? Because if you're thinking about all these things, you can get overwhelmed by all these things. How important is it to, quote, be where your feet are and compartmentalize and just lock in on that one thing that's right in front of you in that moment? 
Exactly. It's very important. It's so important each and every day, whether you're at work and you might have some things going on at home, but you definitely have to be where your feet are. You know, focus on the things that you have to do at work, um, being a better teammate, knowing your job and also just knowing everyone's job and just holding yourself accountable, but holding other guys accountable as well. And when you're at home, you be where your feet are, you know, you're you still, you know, for me, especially during the season, you're still going to have that time to watch film when you're at home and do all those things. But for me, the first thing I get home and do is try to give, you know, give the lady, give give the family some time before I start going, you know, back on football. So, um, like you said, be where your feet are. I love I love that saying. That's what I say a lot. And, uh, that's how I try to approach each day. Buddha Baker is joining us. You know, you mentioned accountability. I was going to go there next. There, There is this thing also, and I'm sure you'd agree, Buddha. the standard is the standard, right? And I bring this up because a few weeks back, you were talking about your approach to leadership, and you were saying, like, you feel like this is a year where you should be making sure that you're talking to guys and, quote, not letting average stuff go. And to quote, exactly. it's clear, man, it's clear how much your teammates respect you. So how do you go about setting the tone and making sure that they know that average is not good enough or that even good is not good enough? Yeah. I mean, you like to think that, you know, guys already have that knowledge that average isn't good enough. But then again, in the beginning of the year, beginning of camp, you know, I always try to, you know, what I've tried to do is try to inherit that into, you know, other people just to start off that, like, you know, holding yourself accountable, um, you know, doing all the things that you have to do and within your job first before you, you know, get in, get in and talk to other people. So for me, it's know your job, know what you have to do first and foremost. You know, this is a do-your-job league. And then after that, for me, the blessing to be here, you know, five years and to understand this defense you know, this defense is going to be my third year being in this defense. So I'm able to know a lot of things about, you know, the defense. And, you know, I might know the safeties, corners, linebackers, and, you know, D-line. So I can help other guys and do all that type of stuff. So for me, it's just to be an open book for players, be an open book for anyone, and ask questions, no questions or dumb questions. And just make sure you know what your job is, do your job. And if everyone can do that, then, you know, where we'll be a great team. See, Buddy, you sound the way you sound because you should. I mean, after all, like, dude, you're 35 and you've been in the league 15 years. Oh, wait, no, you're not. You're 25. You just turned 25. I love that, like, you're 25 and you're talking about the young guys and how they should be coached when people would normally say that about a guy who's 25, but you obviously don't sound like it and don't carry yourself like it, and now guys turn to you. When you first came in, who were some of the guys that took you under their wing that you learned from? Yeah, when I first came in, it was, you know, a lot of vets were there. It was um, Tyron Matthew, Antoine Lethay, Tyvon Branch, of course, cornerbacks, you know, Pat P. So especially being in that safeties room, it was it was definitely good to understand and, you know, ask questions to these players that I can talk to. And then if they don't have the answers, which nine times out of ten they did, I would have to go to the coach. So just having that camaraderie to be able to ask your players certain questions about defenses and little, you know, intricate things within the defense and what their offense is trying to do to us in this call versus this call, you know, that definitely helped a lot, helped me a lot. And, um, you know, going to University of Washington, Jimmy Lake had us dialed in a lot. We played kind of like an NFL 
type style defense. So going into the league with at BA at the time and that defense, um, it was very similar. So it was definitely a, you know, kind of easier for me to understand. And then if I didn't, if I had questions, I could easily go to those vets and um, ask those questions. So now me being the older person, the older guy. Any you know any guys can come up to me and ask me any type of questions, but you know the funny question is always when they ask me how old I am and I tell them my age, they're like, "Dang, well I, you're only a year older than me." Right. <laughs> so, that's what I'm laughing know, at. That's definitely funny, but uh, you know, as as long as I can be for any help, I'm definitely always dialed in to help it's any of my. Of course, DBs and safeties. Because sure. you're a pro, dude. That's why at 25, nobody can believe that you're a year older than them. That's why I kind of set that up like that. I know you're focused on this game and your situation. I just kind of want to ask you one quick follow-up on Tyron Matthew because I haven't spoken to him in a few years, Buddha, and I, I cannot tell you how much I respect this guy, how much I admire this guy, what he's been through, what he's overcome, the player he's made himself, the kind of leader he is, how unbelievably cerebral he is and smart on the field. I just think the guy's an outlier, like a really different guy. Do you see him the same way, or am I off yeah. base on that? Yeah, for sure. I definitely see him the same way. Um, guy who went going to Houston and uh, after being with the Cardinals for so long, being a team leader for the Cardinals, and then going to Houston for one year and already being a team captain, and then going to you know Kansas City Chiefs and still doing the things that Tyron does, making plays, you know, getting ints, sacks, tackles, TFLs, doing all the good things that you know a, a safety, a DB can do. So you know, I, I think of Tyron, you know, the utmost regard, and me going into the league, you know, I trying to compare myself to anyone there wasn't really anyone that I could compare myself to because you know there was a safeties that you know played majority in the post or safeties who played majority in the box or a a nickel who you know you know played on slot receivers but with Tyron he did all of those things so that was a guy who I definitely um similar in my game after for sure Buddha Baker joining me for another moment or so so Buddha obviously you're in this meat grinder of a division where you've got excellent teams you've got great great quarterbacks is a defensive player you get to go up against some of the best in the league I've heard you say that Russell Wilson is the most challenging quarterback in the league to face what is it that makes him so tough to stop and why is he different than the rest uh, what makes him so tough to stop is um, the way he can can hold the ball and just not get sacked and he knows his what the offense is doing they have a very good like once their route concepts are done they just you know the wide receivers start running everywhere when Russell just seems like he knows where they're going so he, the scrambling quarterback you know what especially being a safety a scrambling quarterback is so hard because He's, he can be running for six, seven, eight seconds, and we're covering for all that time. And next thing you know, you know, the wide receiver breaks up, breaks back, breaks back up, and Russell just throws a dime to him. So he's so hard to to um, to, <laughs> to go against because we're going to be covering for at least you know six or seven plus seconds each and every time the you know he throws the ball. So. You know, being a safety, that's definitely hard. All right, so, Buddha, what about the Titans? You've got them in their place on Sunday. From a defensive standpoint, what is the key to stopping them? Is it all about the big dude, Derrick Henry? Uh, first and foremost, of course. I mean, it's always about stop, stopping the run because if you can't stop the run, they're going to just keep on running it, play action pass where they do, you know, where they're at their best. And, you know, that's 
definitely going to be a hard situation if they're in third and shorts each and every, you know, third down because they can either run it or they can pass it. You know, when you watch film last year, the the, the teams that got up on them, they were able to stop the run early, force them to, you know, have to throw the ball. So then the play-action pass wasn't as good because they were already stopping the run. So first and foremost, it's always about stopping the run. With any team in the NFL, you've got to stop the run because if not – you know, nine times out of ten, teams are just going to keep running in, keep gassing you, and uh, that's very demoralizing as a, for a defense. Yeah, no doubt. Dude, you've been so great with your time. I've got one last question, if you don't mind. Like, your your process is you're so consistent day in and day out, and what I mean by this, Cliff Kingsbury said the other day that he's not that concerned about or he's not bothered by the pressure of having to make the playoffs because, as he points out, when you've been fired as the head coach of your alma mater, not much phases you after that. It's a great, great line. I'm curious how you deal with the expectations. Are you going to treat this season like any other season or because of these added expectations, can you pull a little bit of fuel out of that? Yeah, I mean, like we said when we started, Jim, it's it's me versus me, and that's how I think each and every season. And uh, for me, it's like, you know, you, you kind of you dream of things into fruition. You you think of things into existence. So the things that I've done in the past, I've already dreamed those things. I've already seen those things happen in my head. So it wasn't something that was, you know, surprising. So it's not something that I'm going to get high emotion over or feel a type of way over. I've already seen these things in my mind, and now it's just another year, another year to get better to what I was last year and another year to get better for our team for what we were last year. And that's kind of what, you know, I'm thinking in my head and what I'm trying to preach is, you know, it's one day at a time, one week at a time, one game at a time. If we can do that, you know, we're going to be a really good team. Dude, I'm so greedy. One last thing. If it's me versus me, Buddha, do you ever lose or do you win every single day if it's me versus me? I mean, there's, of course, you, I mean, you, not really lose is kind of maybe a, a loss. Not really a lose, but like a loss of gain. You know, <laughs> like there'll be those days where I'm I'm sore and I'm, you know, I don't really want to get that lift in. I don't really want to do those things. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to do it to a, a, a high extent. But there are times where it's like, man, like I didn't I didn't do good enough today. I got to I got to do better tomorrow. You know, situations like that. So, you know, that's that's the thought process each and every day. And um of course, you want to be perfect day in and day out, but you know a lot of you know this this world isn't perfect, so of course you're gonna have your setbacks, but it's all about you know if you're gonna get back up and you know see what you can do the next day and get better the next day and be great the next day and that's that's the mentality. My man, thanks for letting us in. I really appreciate you sharing that mindset. He's a two-time All-Pro, a three-time Pro Bowler, just 25. Buddha, much respect. I appreciate you. Great having you hey, on. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me on, Jim. Have a good one. So if you have ever been behind the wheel of a high-performance sports car and you realize then how much better a car can be, you never want to settle for a regular car ever again. Am I right? Yeah, well, I feel the exact same way about my X chair. From the moment I first sat down in it, I understood why many consider X chair to be the finest office chair in the world. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? My X chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? 
My X Chair Can. It's all in the L Max massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X Chair. And once you feel that customized support of X Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar or DVL, your back will never be happy in any other chair ever again. Take my advice. Try X Chair for yourself, risk free, for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never, ever go back. I promise. Go to xchairrome.com right now. That's the letter X chair r-o-m-e.com for 100 bucks off your order x chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort that's xchairrome.com all right we start our third hour listen if you are on hold stay there i'm not just saying that stay there because there are a couple of calls that i want to take just not right this second But it's a busy third hour. It's going to be a good third hour. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocket can. All right, so I have not gotten to or I've not gotten to my thoughts on Dak Prescott completely. We've discussed it in part, but I have a full-on take on what I saw from him and the Cowboys defense and where that leaves them in the NFC East. I just haven't gotten to that in full. I do want to talk about Marty Fish, if possible. That's my podcast episode for the Jim Rome podcast. It's it's really, really good. This is why I keep teasing it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Now, on Fridays, we have our big head bet segment. You know this. I actually brought James Kelly in yesterday prior to the opener because he and I both were so geeked about that game. And then we watched that game, and we were wrong about that game. And it doesn't happen very often, but it will happen. Head Welcome back. What's going on? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, Jim. How you doing? No, you're not. That's a lie. Straight <laughs> up. I'll call bull crap on that. Yeah, a little pissed. A little pissed, but we're all right. Yeah, we'll bounce again, back this weekend. Yeah, but then again, you're right. Like, I don't want... I'm going to call bull crap, but I don't want the real answers, so you're right. All right, so Tampa Bay, Head, uh-huh. they did enough to win the game. Credit for that, but not nearly enough for us to win our bet. If this were a horse race, we would say that the Bucks did not run to their odds. In this case, you and I hit Tampa minus nine. So before we look ahead to this weekend's action, I want to get your reaction to what you saw last night and what was going through your head as you watched that bet, that pick go right down the toilet. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I hit Tom Brady on the over two and a half so it didn't bleed as bad, Jim. But um, with the pick, dude, you can't overcome three boneheaded plays that Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and then Chris Godwin um, did late fumble on that ball. I mean, you're not going to win. You're not going to cover nine. So am I pissed? Eh, not too bad. I mean, we, I still feel we had the right pick because the talent's the right. The it's cool. just you're never going to get that right if those three do what they did. Not if you keep giving the ball to the other guy. That's you it. won't. All That's right, it. so let's keep moving. Thanks for nothing, Chris Godwin. Mm. Yeah, he actually made a play late in the game that got them to win. I mean, one thing to lose the bet, but to lose the game altogether, lucky that didn't happen, but I'm not rooting. All right, why don't we start with Green Bay and New Orleans? Great, great matchup. Great storylines. Start right there, Head. And, and clones, get your pens out. Write this down. What is the number you're seeing for that game, and who is your pick? So when this came out, I was all over the underdog Packers in New Orleans and taking the points. The spread has now flipped because the location has moved to Jacksonville, obviously. But I'm still going Green Bay here, Jim. Now as a minus three-and-a-half-point favorite, it's the best offense in football last year in Green Bay v. the best road defense in New Orleans. 
Rodgers has some massive advantage against this undermanned Saints secondary. Remember, they traded for Bradley Roby this week, and he won't go. They are desperate for corners. The question is, can Aaron's line hold up against that great Saints defensive line? His guard, Elton Jenkins, will be his left tackle, and he could have two rookies going on that line. But I like the Packers. Maybe new D.C. Uh, Joe Colon had some of that Brandon Staley rub off on him, and he could force turnover-prone famous Jameis into a bad pick late. And under Matt LaFleur, the Packers have been good against the spread in conference games. They hit 64% of them last year. Enjoy some good football for once, Jags fans. Let's go Packers minus three and a half. All right, so I'm with you on that. I'm a little concerned about the offensive line. They lost a stud center. Yes. David Bakhtiari is not out there right now. A lot to like about the Saints, starting with Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. He gave the Packers hell last year. There's no reason to believe that he won't do so again on Sunday. But, head, you have to wonder about life without Drew Brees. Obviously, I think that being there for a year and working alongside Brees and Sean Payton is going to really help Jameis Winston and I think the guy will reinvent himself I think he will be reborn in New Orleans I expect a strong year from him however and I know you agree head the guy can't throw the football to himself and without more receivers and without Michael Thomas I'm a little skeptical I'm with you Aaron Rodgers is loaded he's got weapons Green Bay minus three and a half I'm gonna go about it the same way let's keep moving all right so the next game is what what are you looking at Seattle v. Indy here, Jim, and I really like the upside of both of these teams. Uh, Come January, two very evenly stacked teams. If, though, Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz pre-2020, that is. Obviously, the Eagles didn't think he could get there, and that's why they traded him. Now, on Sunday, I like the Hawks, minus 2.5. This line has gone crazy. The Hawks were underdogs as well when it came out. I'm interested to see how weird Russ slightly... His slightly upgraded protection holds up against that defensive line of the Colts. They are good. The big advantage Russ does have is on his outside, of course, though, with DK and Lockett. He has to get the ball out quickly like he normally doesn't do it. But neither team is great against the spread in week one historically. But Peters Hawks are 4-0 and against the spread in their last four September games. And get this number. Nice. The Colts yeah. are one 11-1 and one against the spread in their last 13 Week 1 wow. games. That's Pinky, Captain Andrew Luck, and Phil Rivers playing quarterback for them, so I'm not taking Carson Wentz. Hey, Seattle, Russ does enough, and they cover two and a half. Hey, Seattle. Why, why do you have to weird Russ him? Dude, dude, strange. Strange is good. We got a deal. <laughs> You're not. All right, so in Russ, we trust, and right now I do not trust Carson Wentz at all. Not now. You know exactly what you're going to get with Russ, but at this point, I have no idea what to expect from Wentz. It doesn't mean that he won't ball out. It means I don't know what to expect. So, he's going to have a better line in front of him, right? With the Colts, he can turn and hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor, Mm -hmm. but until I see it from Wentz, I'm not going to buy any stock in this guy. It is tempting to take the home dog, especially a solid outfit like the Colts, but not tempting enough. I'm with you. Seahawks, minus two and a half. So we're in agreement on the first two. Panthers, Jets, head. Normally, shut up, Ritt. Normally, (laughs) 
I look at a really crappy team against a less crappy team, and I have no interest whatsoever, but that's not the case here because this is a big ass revenge game right out of the box Sam Darnold gets a shot at the team that kicked him into the curb the Jets and we'll get to see how the second pick overall Zach Wilson looks immediately I actually love this game what's the number how are you playing it so this is an unfamiliar spot for Sam Darnold the number is Carolina minus four at home via the Jets only one time in Darnold's career he's been a favorite of at least four points one time That fact makes me nervous, and the guy who you just said, old man Ike, so confident in him, he hit me up this morning, very, very confident, showing, uh, telling me how much his Carolina Panthers will cover this spread. That makes me nervous, Jim. It makes me want to take the Jets, but I can't. I'm going with Ritt and the Panthers minus the points. Darnold's line isn't good right now, but the Jets' pass rush isn't either after losing Carl Lawson. It's a big blow. They need a pass rush with those cornerbacks on that roster. And Matt Rule's defense, they are young, but I like that talent, especially that front seven. Brian Burns v. Becton will be fun to watch on Sunday. Against the spread-wise, you could imagine both of them are horrible. You have the worst home v. the spread v. the second-worst Road team be the spread of 2020 going at it. I'm going with Ritt and his Panthers minus four. And like always, if we lose, tweet at Garrett Ritt, not me. But I'd say that I thought that's always one of your handicapping angles that you see what Ritt wants or says and you just do the opposite normally. But not yes, this time. Yes, it is. And that's what I'm so freaking nervous about today because there's a couple of them that he actually likes. And I think he went 0-4 last weekend. So, ugh. All right. So, Darnold, to me, he's got a lot of things in Carolina, which he did not have in New York. In fact, mm-hmm. he didn't have anything in New York. Nobody to throw the ball to. Nobody to really block for him. Nobody to hand the ball to. And a coaching staff that didn't do a damn thing to help him. So, he's in a much better situation with the Panthers. Not good enough to win anything that really matters, but good enough to beat the team that you know he hates. I'm with you on that too, Head. I'm taking Carolina minus four. All right, Broncos, Giants. I know you love going against the grain. I know you love a home dog, but I also know that you are a Broncos honk. What's the number? How are you playing that game? Well, how bad are the Giants right now, Jim? They are an underdog against Denver, a team that wasn't a favorite one game all of 2020. And yes, I'm taking Denver. They are minus three at New York. That's the spread. As long as Teddy Two Gloves plays smart and gets the ball to his weapons, I like Denver here. Look, from uh, 2 to 53, Denver can play with almost anyone in the NFL, and it's all about the QB play. The thought is Teddy doesn't give the ball to the other team like Drew Locke did last year, and the Broncos' defense should be very, very good as long as Bridgewater doesn't do that. The Giants' interior line is a problem, and the Broncos, with a healthy Mike Purcell, should be back to being a very, very good run defense, something I'm sure the Giants will try and challenge them there, but it's a better decision than throwing against the Broncos because they have the best secondary in football probably and they have Von Miller, Bradley Chubb and up and coming star Draymond Jones to get to Danny Dimes. I'm going with Mama Hamler aka MC Kitty and that human joystick son of hers KJ Hamler and the Broncos minus three. Hell yes. I love that. I love that pick. I mean like I'm trying to go against you because what's the point if you and I pick all the same games the same way every single week. So I would love to make an argument for the Giants here but I can't 
because Bridgewater does have lots of young weapons he can get the ball to, I agree with you. I think that Bronco defense, as good as it was, I think it's improved. I love the secondary. I love the return of Von Miller. And, and no, I'm still not sold on Danny Dimes. He took a step back last season, not a step forward. I'm with you. I'm going to take the Broncos and lay the points on the road. Really quickly, when was the last time that you saw so many home dogs that were favored? Uh, it's been a while. And, and, and the funny thing, obviously, I always, anybody who listens knows that I usually go for a lot of, of favorites, right? But week one, historically for the NFL, a lot of the favorites do cover. And I actually like 11 of the 16 total here this weekend. So um, moving forward, it'll be different. But week one, we're okay with a lot of these things. All right, but fair. the one, ner- one yeah. uh, nerve-wracking thing, though, is there's a lot of money on the picks that we're at. They like what we're doing here. Right, so. and we don't like that. Generally, we want to go no, the other way. I never do, usually. No, I know this. All right, so Vikings at Bengals. Pretty interesting game and a similar deal. You've got a road favorite with the Vikes rolling into Cincy, but then again, for good reason, right? Joe Burrow is back, but is he going to be the same guy who was tearing it up before going down with a season-ending injury last year? Too soon to say, but I'm going to assume that the Bengals have most, if not all, the same problems this year that they had last year. So who you got in this game, and what's the number? The number is Cincy minus three. I'm going, of course, with the road favorite Minnesota here. Mike Zimmer is like clockwork. One good season followed by a bad one. Every year he's coached the Vikings since 2014. And the good news for Minnesota fan is time for a good year after finishing last year 7-9 and and losing their last seven games overall against the spread. Look, Minnesota's defense was ass last year, Jim. The worst of Zimmer's career. But the good news is they now got bodies. Hunter, Pierce, Kendricks. Tomlinson, they brought back Griffin. That D should be a mother to run on this year. The question is, can that secondary slow down teams and slow down the Bengals on Sunday? That's the big question, but that matchup isn't as lopsided as what the Vikings got against the Bengals secondary. Since he couldn't cover last year, they lost William Jackson III, their best cornerback, and Trey Waynes probably won't go either this week. One concerning thing, I'm seeing some injury news coming down, is the Vikings won't have Anthony Barr or Christian Darshaw, their left tackle, the first-round pick. That's concerning, but the Vikings are 4-1 and one in their last five Week 1 games. Let's go Minnesota, minus three on the road. All right, so the Bengals, to me, could not protect their quarterback last year nor could they get to opposing quarterbacks last year. That in and of itself is a really bad combo. It doesn't look that different to me this year. Kirk Cousins should feast on that secondary, as you point out. He's got weapons to work with. He's going to have some time to throw. And you know Cincinnati will have no answer for our guy, Dalvin Cook. I'd love to go against the grain, but I can't do it. Another home dog that I'm just going to have to ignore. And I usually like that pick. Run him back for me. Who do you have this week, Head? Packers minus three and a half against the Saints. Seattle minus two and a half at Indy. Panthers at home minus four against the Jets. Blame Ritt if I miss there. Broncos minus three mm. at New York Giants. And the Vikings on the road at Cincy minus three. Vikes minus three. All right, I actually am going exactly the same way with all of your picks. Put them up on Twitter. I will retweet them, and let's make back what we lost last night and make some other money on top of that. All right, Head? All right, Jim, I'll do that. Thanks. Good job, Head. I posed the question. When we did Big Head Bets a couple of weeks back, we jammed so much in, it felt like too much of a good thing. And I put the question to you clones. 
did we bite off more than we could chew because the head was starting to run out of gas at the end of the segment. He was His grammar was getting worse. He was mispronouncing more words and teams and names. And the reaction was, no, you can't do too much. We'll take as much as you possibly can give us. So there you go. One, two, three, four, five games. Five games. Look for him at Big Head Bets, and I will retweet it myself. And again, I would love to go against the grain. I would love to go against him, but I see it the exact same way that he does this week. Who you got? Are you getting down? 1-800-636-8686. That's the big head. We do that every single Friday. All right, when we come back, still ahead. Obvious week that was. The ATP and a guaranteed telephone call or two. Don't go anywhere. So are you ready to win money and boost your odds? We just gave you some great intel. Win bet. Is now live in Colorado. What's cracking? Welcome to the jungle. My name is Jim Rome. What do you know? It's already Tuesday. Lots to get done. It's a short week. A ton of football. So college football week one officially underway. And it was a wild, wild weekend. Fordham did this. Seriously, Husker fan, don't tell me you were not losing your mind at that. Did you even know that Fordham was an actual school? Do you even know where Fordham is? Talking junk about the shade of blue another team wears, and then watching that shade of blue run right over you and break your face really is something. Ben Mesrick. Your listeners are the people who put me on the bestseller list every time, and so whenever I go on your show, you know, your listeners go out and buy it, and it's a great sort of community that you've built. I'll come on your show first for every book I ever write. And then, and then, I went out and got a ticket to a tour stop. That a-hole is up on stage just owning the thing. Man, I hate that guy. They made me wait in line to get an autograph and shake his hand. He said, hey, hey, man, I appreciate you. Thank you very much for listening. Coming out here. Jerk. Intercepted by Holy Cross. I don't think UConn could come up with anything more embarrassing than getting shut out by Fresno State and then losing to Holy Cross. But they did. Holy Cross, more like holy cow. More like holy crap. Go Lincoln, Nebraska, see what's up. Tyson in Lincoln. I'm good. How are you doing, Rome? I thought we covered this last time. Tyler, it's not that hard, bro. Next time you call Ty, you show up as Tyler. That's just how it goes around here. Juju Smith shoes for my guest. Jake Paul recently said, if I could fight any current NFL player, I'd probably fight Juju Smith Schuster. Man, if I wasn't a contract, that I definitely would take the fight on. But that's something that does interest me. There are drugs in the bathroom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, there's drugs in there. <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine. Okay. Antoine Bethea joining us. What do you make of that wild Bishop Sycamore High School story? Whoever the coach is, whoever the, the football operations people, whoever, you got to hire them. So you got to hire them to do what? Hire them to make things happen. Baby, you need some support. Live it up. Get wild. Blow it out. Best part? You can live stream as much as you want. Worry free. Moral or oral support. <laughs> what you want? Dude, just spit. Baking I can't game. control my horny level. Mike New, my guest. Mike, great to talk to you. Well, Jim, thank you so much for having a head football coach from Ball State on your show. I'm certainly a big fan of yours. Thank you again just for the opportunity. Is this the beef jerky? Yes, it is for the first time in a long time. Twitter! People who buy $500,000 houses and then let their yards go to hell. People who kindly hold the door open for me. I'm already walking. I didn't ask you to hold the door for me. I'll get there when I get there. Girl Scouts of America, every time I go shopping, they got them begging me for money for their cookies or their 
their popcorn. What the hell? They're not begging. Kids that come home from school or whether they hit hard times and have to come home with aloha means a whole lot. That's not calling. I don't know what happened. He's MIA. I did not do anything. I did not take a two by four to me. I embraced the herpes thing. I was ready to live with it for the rest of my life. You should give him the lifetime award if that happened. Miles Gaskin, team announced the five captains and Tua was not one of them. I didn't have any reaction to it. I, I think he's a leader. I, I mean, a captain is just to see. We're going to bite a kneecap off. Never mind culture builder. He's a damn cult leader. If this dude told me to lie down on a cot, black Nike, and wait for the mothership to come and get us, I'd probably do it. There's no turds here. I want to give a shout out to the best boss I had in 21 years, Adam Carolla. What? Where did that come from? Does Matt work for Jimmy Kimmel? Cal in Vegas going to shout out to his boss, Howard Stern? Twitter! Or glossing Alvin, AD12, because he freaking looks 12. Imagine looking younger than the number of children you have spawned. That is incredible, man. AD12. Dylan Cease. You're a huge disc golf guy. How rewarding the feeling is of making the Frisbee do what you want to do and bend it around trees. It's really hard to explain. Drew Brees, welcome to TV. Well, I'm not gonna lie. If there's something that you can do to improve your appearance, that's a great thing, morons. Moron. That fat kid, well, you look like a bloated hipster with alcoholic hepatitis. You're the male version of Portland woman. Jonathan Jones. I'll do respect to Tom Brady. I think that the NFC representative in Super Bowl 56 will hail from the NFC West. Buddha Baker is my guest. Be where your feet are. I love that saying. That's how I try to approach each day. We're still with you. It's been a long, long road. We've been friends a long time, Jim. I'm going with Ritt and his Panthers minus four. And like always, if we lose, tweet at Garrett Ritt. Can't do it. I'll tip my hat to Brady when I have a hat full of magic dust to make that donkey squirrel disappear. And memo to Ryan on my shack. Rhino in the sack. You little fanboy bitch. What I referred to as rat poison. Follow the court. Cereal ass. Stupid rule. My favorite stop on the tour. Moral or oral. Too venti. I love big men touchdowns. But nobody will see them. That's right. Thanks for all that, man. I ain't heard that in a long time. Big Cholula so fan. Classic. Gallywag. Fire the cannons. Good night now. Good night now.